This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, and three. First loss was a bad loss. Second loss was worse. Third loss, I want to kill myself. Man, I'm going to stop this verse. That's a new song by the Backdoor Boys called The Wrong Stuff. The Pittsburgh Steelers are now 0-3. And, and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, enduring another tough loss out on the West Coast against San Francisco. This time, it was done in one of the most painful ways possible. Steelers defense finally figured out how to get turnovers on defense and got a ton of them. Two interceptions, three fumble recoveries, five total turnovers, still lost the game because of their two turnovers. First turnover and interception by Mason Rudolph. That drive ended in a touchdown for San Francisco. The second one at the end of the game, Steelers holding a 20 to 17 lead with 17 sec or with uh, uh, five minutes to go in the game. And unfortunately, Connor fumbles the ball, coughs it up, turns it over. San Francisco goes down and scores, and the game is essentially over. Um, at least I can say there's more positives out of this game than the previous game, but it still hurts to watch another loss. It's nice to see the defense clicking, the defense is getting better every game. Still a little soft in the middle when they're working on receivers, working on seams and coming across the middle. But there's room for improvement, and they are improving, and those are some benefits there. Um, another good thing, there weren't any huge, huge uh, injuries coming out of that game. I know we did lose Xavier Grimble to uh, injured reserve with his calf. He was just put on injured reserve today. Um, unfortunately that means for him, then he's out for at least eight weeks. The earliest he'd be able to return would be November 20th. Um, the other, the other injury in the game actually was Vance McDonald. Um, he had a, a leg injury before and now this past game, he just hurt his shoulder. So a lot of people coming out, some rumbling saying he's injury prone. You got to remember all of last season, he played every single game from week two on. So 15 straight games without an issue. He was only hurt week one of the season. He had a little banged up coming out of camp and only missed one game. So I wouldn't say he's injury prone. He has another injury, and he's got to deal with it. So hopefully he can get through this. And the, the talk is it's not serious. It's not a big separation. There's no damage. So... That's good news with the extra day rest with the Monday night game. We'll see how he's performed on Thursday if he gets the game off, and then if he comes back and performs on and is able to practice on Friday. Um, Tomlin also stated in the presser that it looks like Roosevelt Nix is going to be out for the week. Uh, Anthony Chiquillo, uh, Vince Williams, and, and Vance, who I just talked about, uh, are all starting the week questionable. Um, Anthony Chiquillo still has that plantar fascia. The, I 
me personally, with that injury, I don't see him coming back this week. Uh, Vince Williams, I think, has a better chance of coming back with his hamstring. But we'll have to see how the practice and performances dictate for the rest of this uh, this upcoming week so we can figure out who's going to be playing. And um, interesting thing popped up last week on the inactive list, as I like to predict the act- inactive list on SteelerNation.com every week. Uh, I did miss one pick on the inactive list last week. I missed Dante Moncrief. He hit me out of left field. I thought it was going to be Gentry. They picked another offensive player, and it does make sense in the fact that Moncrief does not offer anything on special teams. Uh, Gentry can at least play a little bit of special teams. if it plays. Uh, I guess he got about 10 snaps last week. But Moncrief gave you nothing, and if he's not catching balls, he can't be on the field. So he sat, and uh, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing anytime soon with Johnson having an excellent game, big touchdown at the end of the game to give the Steelers the lead. Um, you know, I, I don't see them taking that Johnson out the rest of the season unless he does something really, really boneheaded or decides to Antonio Brown his career, which is difficult to do because only one man has ever Antonio Brown their career, and that is Antonio Brown. Welcome to the unemployment line, Antonio Brown. He's not even getting a game check. Well, he's probably getting one game check, but he's not getting his $9 million signing bonus Sorry, Drew Rosenhaus. That one blew up in your face, buddy. You got what you wanted. Got your player over on New England. Got your $15 million contract. Oh, it's cool. I got my money anyway. My my client wants to play for anybody. Play for anybody. I know he doesn't have a southern accent, but I'm doing it because I don't like Rosenhaus. If I can do it for anybody, I can do it. He, he will play for I got a bunch of teams looking at him. They're ready to go. Nope. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. He is now a pariah. Three teams have dropped Antonio Brown in the same calendar year. Pittsburgh Steelers, Raiders, and the New England Patriots. And you're talking about barely a year. You're talking about six months. (laughs) We've had a guy switch teams three times in six months. And the reason was the previous team doesn't want him anymore. The dude is an incredible, self-destructive person. He's a bad person. He's a bad personality. He's bad teammate. The only thing he's good at is catching footballs. And you can't catch footballs when you're behind bars, buddy. And that's the way it looks like it's going for for Antonio Brown because these allegations look serious. So serious, I was telling you last week on the podcast, 10 hours, 10 hours of of, of, uh, interviews with his accuser that accused him of three counts of sexual assault, one of them being rape. And you don't interview someone for 10 hours unless there's something to talk about. Where there's smoke, there's fire. And Patriots were quick to drop him. Quick to drop him once another hint came out about another allegation. And I know the first thing came out of Rooster in the House saying, I'm looking a lot of teams are still interested in him. But that wasn't the case. I don't see anybody... That would have in the league that would have thought to even pick him up this season until they figure out how it's going to shake out with his entire, you know, um, uh, criminal investigations and if he's going to be incarcerated or not or go to jail or serve time or definitely lose money. But how it shakes out, it's definitely not a good look for Antonio. So he just came out on Twitter saying, "Hey NFL, I'm quitting you. I'm I'm not going to play. I'm done." So business is no longer booming for Antonio Brown. Business is bombing 
Sorry, Antonio Brown. No $30 million paycheck from the Raiders. No $15 million paycheck from the Patriots. And you're starting to lose sponsors, buddy. Nike pulls, helmet sponsor pulls. Everybody's dropping like dominoes. Nobody wants to sit in AB's corner. Nobody's going to defend a guy that has three allegations against him. Nobody's going to defend a guy that has a whole laundry list of not being a, a kind human being or even paying his bills or putting money that he promised to pay for a, uh, a children's charity, for God's sakes. You're worse than dirt, A.B., and you deserve every single bit of it, every inch of it. You sowed the seeds. You planted the seeds. You get to reap what you sow, buddy, and all of it's been discontent. wouldn't say I'm enjoying it, but I am kind of enjoying it in the fact that he's not a Pittsburgh Steeler. And he's got to endure it on his own, man. It's And it's time he grows up. And I honestly, if one good thing can come out of all this crap, if he gets through it and comes out on the other side, if he's contrite and starts becoming humble, you know, you might get another shot a couple years down the road in the league. But, man, I wouldn't want you. I'm done with you. And I'm, <laughs> you know, I hope a guy can change. But a, a guy that's so far that's been changing for the worse ever since he got the big contracts, I don't see a big change back in the other direction. But we'll have to see. We'll keep our eyes open. I'm always in the mood for some comedy about Antonio Brown. I know a lot of my Steeler Nation friends are as well. So, you know, it is what it is. Moving forward, San Francisco is done. Rear view. We're done playing on the West Coast. We now got Monday Night Football. You ready for some football? I am. I am against the Bungles. The only other winless team in our division. The only other chance at victory for our team. But I'll be there at Monday night in Pittsburgh cheering from my seats. Hopefully watching the Steelers' first win of the season. I did see A.J. Green. Looks like he's not going to play this week. I have a ton of respect for A.J. Green. I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He's got beautiful hands, and he's got athleticism. The guy just makes plays after play after play, and I love watching receivers, and he's one of my favorites to watch. He and Larry Fitzgerald, some of my all-time favorite receivers of all time to watch. Jerry Rice as well, man, but that's how I learned how to fall in love with a great receiver, and Jerry is the he's the gold standard now. And <laughs> Jerry, you can also say, hey, your record's safe, buddy. <laughs> your record's safe. AB's got to take a year off, maybe another. Who knows? But your records are safe right now, my friend. Um, but getting back to the game, you know, Andy Dalton's still a good quarterback. He's still got some talented receivers. Ross has, has been on the come and been playing well. Uh, had a good year last year. Started off some good, good plays this year. Um, he's going to be tough to slow down. Uh, but... Steelers defense, man, that's something that other teams are no matter what, they got a they got a plan for the Steelers defense now. And they're getting better and better and they're picking up more and more players on the defensive side. Minka Fitzpatrick was an excellent pickup. What did he do? Go out and got an interception in his first game. That's the first interception by the secondary this season. All we had to do was go out and pick up another player and lose a first round draft pick to do it, but hey, <laughs> we finally have our first interception by a secondary player. Uh, and then we followed it up with a, another interception later on in the game. Oh, geez, gosh, who was that? I actually have to look it up because I just can't remember it offhand. 
Oh goodness! Oh gosh! How do I forget T.J. Watt off of the bumble, the bumble right in the front? Uh, that was the, that was the first interception of the game, and then of course you had uh, the deep pass. Uh, the, both going off the hands of uh, tip passes that you know honestly San Francisco receivers should have had to hit them both in the hands. They looked like they were they were doing their best Dante Moncrief impressions and knocked the ball straight up in the air to Pittsburgh Steelers defenders on those plays, and I enjoyed every second of those. It allowed me to root for the defense, which is something I grew up doing in the mid eighties because our offense wasn't any good back then. And man, <laughs> it's looking pretty much like a, uh, like an Abercrombie, a Malone offense right now. I mean, I, I see some sparks. I mean, at least Juju is, is a hell of a talent. Lewis lips was a hell of a talent back then as well, but you've got, um, Johnson making plays on the other side. Now, Washington, I don't know why you're disappearing in the regular season, man. You've got to step up. You got to step up. You're a monster in the preseason, making play after play. Regular season hits, man. You go to sleep. Guy goes to sleep. Second year in a row. He's got to start making plays. And I was expecting a lot more plays last week with Mason being in there at quarterback. He got a couple targets, but they couldn't connect. But man, you got to start hitting, especially it was the last play of the game, the fourth down. I remember they tried going to, uh, he was covered, but he didn't fight to the ball. Incomplete, game over. But Washington, man, you got to step up. It, it, it takes a village to win a game as a Pittsburgh Steelers right now because you lose Big Ben, everybody's got to make plays. And you have to make positive plays, not negative plays. You make negative plays, it's tougher to recover from them. And they couldn't recover from the Connor fumble and the Mason Rudolph interception. That was the game. This game coming up, you know, Andy Dalton, he's, he's prone to interceptions every once in a while, especially under pressure. But the, off the defense does have to do a better job in the middle about covering those seam routes and covering those in routes and covering those slants because they're still, they're still figuring out they were better last game at it. They still had some problems and some mismatches and some uh, breakdowns. But I think after a couple more games here, they're going to keep getting better and better, and hopefully they can do it while learning how to win against Cincinnati. Another person on the team that they just went out and picked up um, – which hopefully will help him win because, as I mentioned earlier, with Xavier Grimble going on injured reserve, Steelers are out there number two tight end. So what do you do? Go and trade for another tight end. So they went out and they picked themselves up tight end from uh, Seattle, backup tight end, been trying to pick up Nick Vanett. And, uh, you know, they like what they, he's, he's got great hands. That's one huge thing that you usually get out of a tight end. Tight ends have, you know, tight ends for the most part have excellent hand positioning. Every once in a while, you'll find a tight end that has the drops. He's Vance actually had really bad drops when he was at San Francisco and when he was first in the league. He's been a much better receiver over in, over in Pittsburgh. He just, you know, his hand positioning was there. It just seems like he hit it with, with stiff hands. And when stiff hands hit a hit football, the football can drop. Uh, you have to give with your hands. You have to bring your hands back towards you when the ball on impact to help give with the football and cradle the ball with your hands and with your palms. Uh, but he always used to receive very stiff hands. Um, it, it's, it looks like he's got a little bit more give. You know, if you remember watching back, Heath Miller had the best give in his hands every time. He even when he was reaching up above his hand, above his head, it, he'd still give with the football. And he he was he has some of the best hands I've ever seen on a tight end at the Steelers. Eric Green going back a bit too had some excellent hands and his were enormous. Uh, he, he he could catch. It looked like he was catching BBs out there with those giant mitts. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what 
Nick Vanna can do. And if they're going to start doing some kind of possibly two tight end attack, because they do have two downfield receivers who can both hit seam patterns, both have good hands, both have some athleticism to be able to make some plays and hopefully make that offense a little tougher to stop. Because right now they're crowding the line and they're stopping the run. Right now, that is the blueprint to stopping the Steelers' offense. Crowd the line of scrimmage, stop the run. And Steelers aren't getting anything on the ground. They're not mustering much. They're making a couple plays down the field, but those opportunities aren't always going to be there. You got to make some quick passing attack plays. You got to hit the, you know, your five to 10 route plays, your middle of the field, quick stuff, the bread and butter seam plays, you know, the stuff that our slots haven't been doing. Switzer, you've been, you've been just invisible this season. And, <laughs> I mean, we really need the slot players to step up and make those tough receptions and the tight ends to make those tough receptions on the inside to bring the linebackers back just a hair, to give a little bit more space for our linemen to, to push people and get some better running plays in there. Because we got the talent once the legs start going, but we need to get the blocking and they we need to get the defense off balance and – you know, if a defense is only playing one way and you show that you can't hurt them in other ways, you're in for another long football game. And Cincinnati can get at you. They got some great, great uh, uh, pass rushers. Atkins, great pass rusher. They got great secondary. They got, you know, they've got a good defense as well. So, you know, it's going to be a tough game. But we'll see if the Steelers are really going to start game planning for these things because they've been pretty conservative on offense last couple games with Mason in there, but they've got to get a little less conservative because teams are just stacking, stacking up, stacking up against the runs and stacking losses for the Steelers. So moving on, we got to get better. And I've got to check out one thing that I'm starting to do this week. Uh, went on to SteelerNation.com. We've got a beautiful forum over at SteelerNation.com. You got to come over and join us. I went out and I started asking, you know, our fellow fellow forum members got some questions for me. Let's talk. Let's get the chat in here going for SteelerNation.com and our wonderful football forum. First, I got Drink Iron City writing to me. He's got a question. He says, "Has Fitzpatrick been extremely active during practice?" And what is the long-range feel of his ability? I assume you're thinking of Minka Fitzpatrick, who we just picked up, obviously. Um, I think he, the, the, the sounds in practice have been um, he's picking it up very quickly. He's very smart. He's very, very athletic. And that's what the coaches have been talking about. He's getting to spots, you know, quicker than most people that were on the field getting there. I mean, think of Troy Polamalu. The reason why he was so good was he got to space – and he got to the points of the, on the football field faster than anybody else. So that's why he made so many big plays was because he had that elite speed. Minka has that elite speed. He's, he's got great playmaking ability. He already got an interception. I love him. Um, still, you know, like I said, with the first round draft pick, it comes down to value. Uh, if the Steelers are drafting in the top 10, I think that's a bad value. If they're drafting, you know, right around the middle of the pack, you know, 14 to 18 range it's kind of a push they're drafting above 18 you know before playoff range that's a bit of a win and if they make the playoffs this season obviously that's a big win and if he's a if he's a part of it if they're making the playoffs this season Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a big part of it because they really had to solidify their defense when Sean Davis went down they had nobody nobody to fill in and that is a big big play and that's something that Colbert's been doing also this season he's not afraid 
to go out and make a move to make the team better when they have injuries. And this is the first time in a long time that we've had injuries early in the season. And I have another mantra when it comes down to injuries. You'd rather have your injury early in the season than late in the season. Late in the season, it's tougher to recover from the injury. It's tougher to get the team used to playing in a different way or getting the new players in and being able to understand the offense or the defense well enough to really contribute and play at a high level. When it happens at the beginning of the season, you've got the whole season to learn. And it, you all, all gel together, you get better together, and you learn how to do it as a team. So right now, we're, we got to watch Steelers team football, and it's due to injuries this season. And it's, you know, it's, it's another way you can win. Another question from Drink Iron City. Um, you want to ask about the new tight end. I don't know a whole lot about the new tight end. Uh, I know that he has excellent hands. I know he has good speed. And I know that he's a good blocker. So, you know, we're getting a, a legit number two tight end in there that's actually better in a step up from Xavier Grimble when it comes to complete combo for receiving and blocking as a total package. Um, I haven't heard much of him being in an injury itch issue before. Um, obviously, it's still early in his career. I don't think he's had a whole lot of time to get a whole lot of injuries. And... A last question from Drink Iron City. He asked me about what's the future of Danny Smith uh, and the unit compared to other NFL units for uh, special teams. It's still a little early um, to kill Danny Smith. I personally thought he should have lost his job last year with how poor the coverage teams were all season long. Uh, kicking teams were atrocious last year as well. I mean, it, I'm not throwing Boz's woes on Danny Smith, but you know, it doesn't look good on him. And when our coverage teams aren't doing well and our punting team was, you know, slightly above the line, but much better this season. Uh, of course, Boz is better this season. Looks like he's, he's kicking the ball really well this season. It's coming off hot. It's coming off straight and uh, with, with velocity. So, you know, I'm still going to wait and see how it goes a little bit more this season. I'd like to see better returning. Obviously, I don't like Switzer's returner. Let's see what Johnson can do. They put Johnson in there, so that's a big change. Um, so, you know, you got to put that on Danny Smith. If Johnson starts doing well and getting some touchdowns, you got to give him some credit for that. Also talking to my buddy Tibbs over at SteelerNation.com. He's got a question for me. He says, I'm wondering what you think of the chances are for Tomlin hating faction here at Steeler Nation. Will Tar and Feather coach Tomlin in a public square sometime in the near future? Muchas gracias. Tibbs, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I think it's a, a, a pipe dream that a lot of Steeler Nation haters would love to do with Tomlin. I, of course, am not a Tomlin hater, but I think he, I honestly think he's on, he's on the hot seat this season. He has to be. His decisions for um, defense and for the way that we are running the defense is all on him this season. If they don't improve, if we can't make the playoffs, if we have a horrible record, heads are going to roll. You know, definitely, you know, coordinators' jobs are going to be up, and I think it, it would also be for Tomlin's job might be up as well. So, you know, Steelers aren't really a knee-jerk team. Tomlin may also get a pass this season because they did lose Ben Roethlisberger. So any modicum of success like... Hey, maybe you make it back to 500. Maybe you're just under 500, but Mason Rudolph's really starting to put up some good numbers now and having some good games, and the offense is starting to perform. You know, he may get a pass for that. If they if they crash and burn and the, the team stops playing for him and you can tell there's dissent 
all around the locker room, all up and down the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah, you replace the coach. I've never seen that out of him. I've never heard a bad word about him from the teammates. Everyone that I've heard that have played with him really, really admire him. Um, you know, other than Harrison, other than being pretty pissed off about not playing, he should have gotten some playing time. But the way he went about it is not the way he's going to get playing time because if you sleep in meetings and don't help out anybody and um, just be an all-around all, all ornery person and not a stand-up guy, you know, Tomlin's not going to reward you with playing time. So, you know, it, it's you can you can set your watch to the way Tomlin is, and that's the way he is. People call him a player's coach. He does get along with players. He manages them well. He gets a lot out of them. Um, he's he's good at developing them. I mean, our offense has been completely developed underneath of him now. Um, defense as well. Now defense has all those first-rounders. We got to see what they do. And we, we, this is where the development's going to come out. So Tibbs, he's definitely on the hot seat either way. But it's up to Tomlin, and it's up to the Steelers to show what they're made of, to see if they can salvage this season and win football games. That's the bottom line. You win games, you keep your job in the NFL. Thank you very much, Steeler Nation, for joining us yet again on another SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stony Brewing. I'm your host, G. Stryker. Be sure to come on over to SteelerNation.com for some great articles, for chatting in the forum with us. I post under the name Cope. Uh, check us out on Twitter at SteelerNation.com or on Instagram at SteelerNation.com. This has been G. Stryker, rooting along with you as always. Go Steelers! Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.